1: Shall we pray. Father, the entrance of your word brings light. Every counsel comes from you, and it's only your counsel that stands. May the spirit of counsel that you put on Jesus be on your handmaiden in Jesus' name. Amen. I am sure that a lot of the questions have been answered through the teachings. So, how do I know I'm ready for marriage? Hey. It's a message role. So I can answer only in a short while, but get the message about Are you ready for marriage. You have to be spiritually mature, emotionally mature, physically mature, financially mature, mentally mature. Because the Bible says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So you don't only grow in stature. That, oh, I've developed as a woman. You don't only grow in stature that, oh, um, this is my status in society. But you grow in wisdom and in grace also. So when you are getting married, all these things are important. If you are not emotionally mature, you can't handle marriage. Because the emotional earthquakes are a lot. And they will shake you. Ah. And the mental ones. And the financial ones. So Please. How do you know you are ready for marriage? Look at the signs. How do you know whether you are ready for the exams? Look at the signs. And I believe that God will bless you, amen. How do you react to a guy you are dating who always gets angry at you each time he asks you for something you cannot give him? Well, just look at the signs and multiply it by a thousand because when you marry, it's going to increase by a thousand. And ask yourself, can I live with this? If you cannot, please check out. If you can, then go with it. But don't think that when you marry, he will change. When you marry, he will become more of himself. In Jesus' name. Amen. Is it always so that a lady pastor marries a man who is more spiritual than her or a Christian? It's not always the case. And. um, the fact that you are not a pastor does not mean you are not very spiritual so you can be a spiritual you put over the question you can be a spiritual um a spiritual christian and a spiritual person so you can be a lady pastor but your husband may not be but it is not always easy for your husband to be married to a woman in ministry So you have to find out whether he can cope. Often he will tell you that he can cope, but even the ones who encourage you in ministry also look for a wife. You see, in my marriage, I'm married to my husband and everybody knows that. My husband is always raising people to work for God and to do God's work and it is really his heart. But in my house, when I have to go for a program, serious negotiations have to take place. And sometimes you'll be asked me, do you have to go now? What about the fact that I'm at home? Can you not restructure where you are going? And I tried to do all that because I was talking to my mother about it and she said, many men would like their wives to go so that they can do their best. So for your husband to want you to stay and to be negotiating your preaching appointment may be a good sign so yes you are married to a godly woman a godly man But at the end of the day he's also a husband and he wants a wife sometimes you may come to a program very powerful he may lay hands on all the people at the kodesh there may be many manifestations but when you get home you still need to provide food and you still need to minister to him because virtue has gone out and then you say oh, i will minister the spirit no please Jesus was in favor with God and man. All of us have a God side and a man's side. Amen. I hope I've answered your question. So it's not always a lady pastor has to marry a pastor. Sister, ma'am, you spoke extensively about how we as wives must learn dutiful sex. But how do you handle the situation where it is your husband who is always tired and doesn't seem interested in sex? He seems very preoccupied with work and other things. How do you handle it? And get him to be interested. This is a very real issue and a very real question. I would say, you know, in our marriage manual, our sexometer, we say that if for six weeks your husband has not touched you, query infidelity. That is what we say to our pastors. That if somebody comes with a problem that for six weeks her husband has not touched her, then query infidelity. Infidelity, and what I would say is that if he's always tired and you always have to do the back on it, and even that doesn't happen, usually it is not right, and usually it may be a flag or a warning sign. So that may be the time when you need to seek counsel and you need to seek help because I have dealt with certain situations like that, and I used to think, Oh, it's really work and it's really tiredness, but as The years went by, it was infidelity. The person was satisfied somewhere. So when he came home, there was no show and he would always use work as an excuse. And even in some situations, some people, even abroad, were bisexual. And the pastor has to deal with all these things. So now from my experience, I would say, let it be a red flag and do something about it. But what can you do about it? because some of them i spoke about it i called the husband is this something your wife has done is she not attractive oh no she's a good wife nothing in the end it was a very bizarre situation but after so many years so i would say it is a red flag and you must come and speak to the pastors about it pastors are like doctors that's why jesus said the sick do not need a physician the well do not need a physician but those who are sick so a pastor that you can trust and confide in, and can speak into your husband's life, may make a difference. At first, I would say, Oh, I'm sure he'll get over his tiredness. Oh, but now, with my experience, I'll add a pinch of salt that I think it is a red flag, and you must do something about it. Amen. Because it is not so natural, although sometimes it may be just a season, or sometimes it may be a health challenge, but men don't share these things so he may seem preoccupied by work but it may also be another I'm not saying that come easily to the conclusion sister mommy says he's seen somebody sister mommy says that's not what I'm saying I'm saying tread with caution take it as a warning sign and seek counsel and help with that with respect to the versatility in the bedroom the something romantic songs we can play the cool romantic songs is it okay though they are worldly as soon as the thing left my mouth i knew some of you would think so as soon as the words left my mouth i think they must be christian there are a lot of christian romantic songs that you don't know about that you must find out when a man has found a wife he has found a good thing in all his life and the world man will agree companionship has made her feel so complete with you, with you and me, and me, and the love of God, we have security, we have security. There are songs you don't know about. If you take money from your husband's pocket without telling him to buy stuff for the house and children because he will always say he doesn't have money but his trouser pocket is always fat. Is it wrong? Well, I don't know. It may be wrong, but when I think as a lawyer, stealing is taken with an intent to defraud. So do you have an intent to defraud? That's why people say, lawyers are lies at the end of fire. But was the intention to defraud there? Intention is called mens rea. If there's no mens rea, there's no crime. You see, but you, you say it's a crime. It's a crime, it's not. Anyway, but we are using the Bible here. I think that if it is something that happens and he knows that sometimes you take money from his pocket, it shouldn't matter. So maybe in wisdom, you should lay the, this thing down that Oh, sometimes when I'm broke you know you should help me and if you don't help me I'll be tempted to help myself but you don't say how <laughs> amen <ladies. laughs> at least you have informed the person most men think they are very smart but they don't notice a lot of things mom please if your husband divorces you for the past two years and at the same time he's impotent And if he he refuses to sign the divorce papers, can you take another man? You should divorce properly before you take another man. Because you say he has divorced you. But how can he divorce you if he has not signed the divorce papers? Unless you are saying he's separated from you, he's gone away. In that case, you may have done all that you can do, but it's not working. Then the divorce should be formalized so that you are not bound because you didn't say you were going but sometimes we have something we call in law constructive divorce where the person says i didn't go but you made life impossible for the other person and the other person had to go so you may not be the one initiating or what do they call it, the petitioner but you may be the one actually bringing about the divorce but in your case if he's actually divorced you and he's gone and he's not really doing the things he should do then i would say Paul says you should say when it's not the Holy Ghost, but it's you talking that. Perhaps you should get him to formalize or you formalize. And then I don't think you will be bound. Because the Bible says if you be you are pleased to dwell with the person, but the person is going, you are not bound. But that is a gray area, with it's a whole topic. What should you do in a verbally and physically abusive marriage? Please run away. I beg you run away before you are killed there's a lady pastor in this church whose sister got married and the man was very abusive and always threatening and then the woman had to leave when she left after 7 years the man came and begged her oh you must come after 7 years she even went on in her career became very big was flying all over doing her work and the man came and said i beg you come back the children had grown Had finished university, but she went back and the man killed her. It was in the papers on Mother's Day, I think, three years ago. She was asleep and he just shot her and shot himself. But something he had been saying, I'll shoot you and shoot myself. I'll kill you and kill myself. One day I'll kill you and kill myself. So in such a case, I don't think that I can counsel the person to stay with such a person or to go there. She may not do a divorce, but she must do a separation. Because Paul said, I... I admonish those who are separated to be reconciled it means that sometimes separation comes in you know and I was just doing my quiet time last week I saw that Paul when they were coming to kill him he didn't say that through persecution everybody must enter they put him in a basket and they lowered him on the walls of the city so you too we are putting you in your basket and we are lowering you so that you can flee amen and also seek help and seek counsel. When women are physically abused, whatever, they keep it to themselves. I don't know, they feel guilty for something they shouldn't feel guilty about. And we also like to cover our husbands a lot and to give a good impression because we don't want to disgrace them. But when you go to the hospital, you don't feel like taking off your clothes, but you have to if you are to be examined properly. So sometimes and often, you have to be open so that help can come. Amen, why should you die a foolish death? I was just sharing with my husband last week that whenever Christians die, we say that we die in the Lord. Yes, we die in the Lord to go to God. But when I was reading during my quiet time that Abner died because Joab killed him secretly. And David was lamenting for Abner. He said, died Abner as a fool. Another verse said, died Abner a foolish death. His hands were not bound, nor his feet fettered, but he just didn't use this. And so he died. So sometimes Christians die, death dies. It's not God who is calling you home. But like Abner, it's a foolish death. And you must avoid it. Amen. Mm. Can God direct a person to marry an unbeliever? I've heard of it only once. In the book of Ezekiel, God commanded Ezekiel to marry an unbeliever so that he will use that as an example to Israel. But not so that Ezekiel will have a good time. So if you are a prophetess, and God has called you, that he will use your bad marriage as an example for us, then you may be an Ezekiel. <laughs> Is it possible to marry a guy whom you are 10 years older than? Even 52 years, crap. It happens, and it's possible. But everything comes with its challenges. My mother was 18 years younger than my father. She was 22, and my, mother was, my father was 40 when he married her. And she said that his wife had died. And when he came to my mother, he told my mother he had four children, but he had actually had eight. So when he had finished marrying her, then he went to bring the other eight. And when she was going from the house, her mother was really crying. That look at you, 22 year old. Can you manage four children? And she told her mature husband. And her husband said to her that, your mother does not know what love is. That is why she's saying that. But later she used to tell my my, my father a dad, damn that's why my mother was crying and i didn't see but anyway i asked her so what about age and she said well they had a very great relationship but she said that sometimes when she spoke my father would say I was a you know so sometimes when a consensus should come you are reasoning about something the person depending on the Length and the personality may see you as a child. So your contribution is always childlike. What? Ah, it's a woman who is older. Oh, I thought she's asking. The man is older. Oh, the woman who is older. I would say that what happens is that women age faster than men. Amen. And so he may say, I love you, I love you, I love you. But later on, He may say, I have found a shrimp by the roadside, and I want, and I've seen it happen. I have presided over a marriage like that in less than a year or two. It was over. I wasn't pleased, but we are also pastors, so I just said what I thought could be the pros and cons, but I couldn't have stopped it. And I gave them all the support and the love, but soon after that, the guy said, I've lost interest and um, they said terrible things and checked out of the marriage. So I would say it is not advisable, but it is not based on any verse. The only verse is that Adam was created before Eve, but some differences may come, but 10 years may be a bit more. So when you are pensioned at 60. He is in the prime of his life, meeting all the people, swinging. You know, when he says, Come, let's go see me. So you have to look at realities of life and make a decision. Amen. And also, if it's the other way around, it's often what happens, but it also may come with some challenges. Amen. You remind the man of his vows, and he tells you the marriage vows are only formalities. What do you do? You remind him of his vows, just like God. God speaks to us and we don't hear. So sometimes it happens like that. What do you do? Leave him, serve your God, find your passion, be happy, and have a life. That's all you can do. You can't change the person. You can just pray. For the person, and do your part, Amen. We like being personal Holy Ghosts to our husbands as women. It's like you must do it this way, you must be this way. But it's not you who is the Holy Ghost who works in him. So release him, and lead your life. You never know; he may say that, but God can still touch his heart. Please, is it good to leave a relationship and go into the the second time for marriage? I don't understand. Please, is it good to leave a relationship and go into the second time for the same relationship? Leave and come back. It depends on why you left. And Apostle Leon, God bless you for coming from an all night. So it depends on what made you leave the relationship, the same relationship, the first time. And know that the issues are there and they are not going to go away. And like I said, ask yourself if you can live with it. I'm a lady of 22 years and a relationship with a man of 29 years and a teacher. But the issue is he's is too stingy. Auntie, do you think there's any hope in this relationship? He is going to be stingy times thousand. So ask yourself if you can live with that. Please tell us something about masturbation. What I would say is the pleasure that should be derived from a partner, you are conjuring it up yourself and so that is very self-centered and also as you do that it will affect your intimacy with your partner and that is not God's will and so I think that it is not a good thing. I'm 32 years and single I intend to leave my parents home and go rent an apartment what are the pros and cons of living alone before marriage oh this is a whole essay or a long essay but um The pros and cons are sometimes loneliness, but sometimes you also need your space, I don't know. And then also sometimes the expenses may be shared, but when you live alone, you may have to share it on your own. And then maybe sometimes they would have cooked for you, washed for you, when you come from work, all those things will go away. But you may also have your own space, your own peace of mind and your own way of living. So it depends. I can't seem to know how to organize myself, my work, my time at work, church it's difficult please help me even my prayer life is not what you have to sit down and prioritize take the things that are important first your prayer time your work your church and all that prioritize and then make a personal timetable that you follow and delegate the things you cannot do or remove the useless things in your life like unnecessary television You sit there uh, till they sing General Assassini. It may not be important. (laughs) I know God hates divorce, but do I keep on for a husband who has been away for more than 10 years and has no intention of coming? In that sense, he has gone. So accept the reality, isn't it? And uh, uh, accept the reality of where you are and move on. How do you cope with a long distance marriage? Very difficult. Because the Bible says that even when we are together and we are fasting, and because of that, there's no intimacy. We should come together quickly. Let Satan tempt us. How much more when it's a distance? You are in the same house. God says, come together quickly. Let Satan tempt you. If it's long distance, the temptation will be more. We have to face the reality of it. How should your husband um, fulfill his desires? Should he look for somebody where he is? So long distance relationships bring more temptations than necessary. How can a woman turn her husband whose heart is after another woman? I think that first of all, you can confront the issue. Secondly, you can get somebody to counsel him. Thirdly, you can pray about it. But fourthly, you can also know that there are certain people who never change and there are certain people who never change anything so you have to look at it and the bible permits you to divorce on grounds of divorce but it may also be he's in midlife crisis He's going through something that will pass and that season will one day be over so you need and most of all pray to god and ask for good counsel i work with men who always want to have lion share sure it makes me hey Such it makes me yell at them, therefore, and can't draw a line between them and relationships. Is it preventing me to marry? No. It means they are not the right kind of men. If they always want a part of you before anything in the office, and they are likely not to even settle down to marry you. So I don't think you have made a bad decision. But God, may God bring you the right person. My husband hardly communicates with me especially about his work but maybe you don't have to yell at them the men at work to go back (laughs) he will borrow money and take loans without my consent but when he gets into trouble or is unable to pay then he will involve me most often I decide not to be mind him and behave unconcerned please what do you advise I would say that God is also like that God does not always condone our sins and say so we'll continue to sin so that grace will abound. The Bible says, shall we continue to sin so that grace will abound? It also says God will not strive with man forever. So some things you don't strive forever. If I were you, I would do the same. Not give money for that because enabling. You see, it's that we enable people to, to do more of what is wrong. Like Safira, her husband was lying and she was enabling him to lie. That is also a sin. So I don't think that you are doing anything wrong. Because maybe if you serviced all the loans and all the, the the house itself will go broke. I have done counseling like that, where the man spends everything. And sometimes the children have eaten only yam or only potatoes and they go to bed. And the, the wife told me, I want to secretly save. What do you think? I said, go ahead. And she called me and said, amazingly, since I started secretly saving, we have food on the table and things are well so if she didn't do that the man himself would even die of farming so sometimes you need abigail's wisdom to know how to operate my husband hardly communicates with me Ah, okay we're about finishing please can you take these away i'm done when we talk about the perfect will of god concerning marriage, does it mean god has a specific person in mind no i don't believe so i think that many people may meet your specifications or your desire. And God respects your desire. So in Corinthians, he says, only let her marry whom she will. So God also takes your will into consideration. The only thing is he gives you parameters by which you must choose a partner. He says, don't be unequally yoked. Can any two work except they be agreed? Do you, still, do, you, do you both have the spiritual passion for God? All those things must be in agreement. So get the message, the realities of marriage, how to find a partner. I think it will give you more points. My beloved is not a godly man. A godly, wo- a godly man, she slapped me, uh, he, okay. He slapped me when I denied him sex and I stopped with him. Your beloved, then he's not a beloved. <laughs> he is a boyfriend. There's a difference between boyfriend and beloved. If you are not married, Married to him. What business do you have negotiating sex with him? And what business do you have for, he, for you to deny him when he slapped you? And I stopped with him. He came back begging me to give him a second chance. What should I do? He's not godly. He doesn't know God. You don't even have to consider. I don't know what Bible you read. I don't know what verse that guides you. I don't know whether your mind is renewed in the things of God. But I think you need to grow up. My husband is a very active man in church, but he has backslidden, doesn't pray. I'm despising him, and he's so different now. I feel like he's lying, and he's dual. I don't even feel attracted to him anymore. He doesn't take care of himself anymore. Hey, you are in a difficult situation, but what I will say is, the Bible says, not me, that love never fails. And the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, that if any obey not the word, they shall be won by the conversation or the behavior of the wives. So when he has backslidden, that is a time to walk in divine love towards him. The great apostle Smith Wigglesworth, who raised 21 people from the dead, was with his wife and he backslid terribly. Sometimes when people in the ministry backslide, people don't even know. But he hadn't even come into the ministry then, I think. But he backslid. He backslid. And he made life very difficult for his wife. When she comes from church, the door is locked. When she comes from an evening service, she has to sit in the snow and all sorts of things. So one day he locked her out of the snow and he opened the door early in the morning. And the wife came in and she smiled and said, hello Smith, what breakfast shall I fix you? Shall I make bacon, eggs, or sausages? And that set him thinking. And with time he repented and became the greatest apostle of all time smith wigglesworth so when the bible says that they shall be won by the it's not only even unbelievers sometimes your husband is a believer but he can behave as if he has not read the verse or behave as if he doesn't know the scripture and this scripture will still apply that if they obey not the word they will be won by the way you behave but i'll tell you something It's not easy. But that is why it is a spiritual thing. And that is why you need spiritual strength. And that is why I believe Paul prayed that you may be strengthened in the inner man by your spirit. It takes the strengthening of God to be able to do all these things. But God will give you grace for it. In Jesus' name. So don't despise his low season Spiritually, you will be surprised what turn around can come. I have seen it happen um i think i'm done mommy i live with my little sister but it's very difficult please come for this for me to take him to talk to her when i'm with her my melancholism starts working can spend the whole day addressing a word to one another and it disturbs me a lot so i need some advice there's a message i've preached about remedies to contention Remedies to contention. So if you don't want a lot of argument, problems, uh, the Bible has remedies. The Bible says the foolish man, he says it all. So sometimes you've seen, but don't say it all. Some of you call for a UN meeting discussion, you did this and you did that. We know it's okay. You know, And, and you are so perfectionist, like you are saying, you are melancholy. So perfect, you did this and you take all the details. Very few people can stay with you. So your little sister may be a training ground from God. For you, preparing you for marriage. So yes, when she does some things, you can say it. But can you imagine if God was correcting us every step of the way? Jesus said to the disciples, I'm not sharing certain things with you because now at your stage, you can't bear it. So there are certain things people cannot bear at a certain stage. So, you know, it's not everything you have to talk, everything you have to say, everything you have to correct. Some of the things you should leave them to be. And they will correct, they will self-correct as they go along. And also when she does something right, tell her. It can't be every day is an issue. Sometimes when you call a meeting, let it be a praise meeting, an affirmation meeting, admiration meeting, and it will bring a balance in Jesus' name. As a minister's wife, General Overseer, with your experience, please, what sh- challenge should I expect in church and home? Hey, this one is a whole manual. What challenges should you expect? Well, expect that people will betray you. Expect that people will not treat you right. Expect that people will not um, reciprocate your good work. Expect that not everybody will love you. Mm, Expect that people have different uh, interpretations. For some people, you must wear a hat. For some people, you must wear trousers. For some people, you must not wear trousers. So find your level ground with God. But I would say in all Just be a Christian. It will solve all your problems. Amen. And also, I have messages. I'm a pastor's wife. I'm a minister's wife. They are all messages you can listen to. And adorning the gospel and all that. Things for ministers, wives, and um, women desiring ministry. What does it mean when God has an assignment for you on this earth? Assignment means work, assignment means mandate. But we, we don't discover our assignment by just sitting down. Usually, you serve God in so many ways, like how you do general subjects in school. And then as you go along, God narrows what he wants to use you for, like how you choose to be an art student, science student. You begin to see where God has actually called you. But even then, you will never be so sure because some things will overlap, amen. What do you do when you are over 45 years and still not married? well I have a lady in this church who got married at 60 and I was at her wedding and um, it was a very great uh, ceremony and later she told me that she didn't know that marriage had so much work because she's already pensions what work is she now coming to do but she got married to a fantastic man he's passed on and he also left her a lot of wealth And she's very happy so and also people get married in later years because people also lose their spouses in later years but I'm not saying that go on a fast and pray that your pastor's wife will die so that you will step in it should not be the story but you can still believe God but I don't think it should be an obsession for you and it should be your main focus it will deprive you of life itself. Find out what God's purpose is for you and you'll be surprised how fulfilled you can be. One day, I believe God to preach a message I have entitled, What It Means to Have God as Your Husband. And I am sure that that message will minister to you. But you can have a fulfilled life even at 45. I know that it's not easy, but God can surprise you also pleasantly. So lead a life of Liberty, a life that's not looking for something to happen before you will feel fulfilled. And as you go along, who knows what God will do? I have preached a, a sermon on 25 reasons why some women may not get married. Because as a pastor looking in the church, I look at people, I pray, oh God, why don't you provide a husband for this? Why don't you provide a wife for this? Why don't you? And then when I look and I put them under the microscope, many of them have had many chances. But they were looking for a particular husband with particular specs. So when what God provided came without the specs it became very difficult. Some of them say, Mommy, he didn't go to the right school. I say, really? What school did he go to? Boom Ponsem secondary. I say, and what is wrong with that? Oh, and St. Augustine's. That has nothing to do with marriage. So sometimes to we ourselves are the architects of where we find ourselves. I have a very beautiful schoolmate, the most beautiful in our class, and she is the one who is not married. What happened? She had so many people, but they were never right. And even before we turned 40, I said to her, oh, you must settle down and marry. That's what? That somebody will come and tell me, i put my table here, put it here. When I feel that the sunlight streams from here, and that, that, that she talked like that. Now, at this age, she wants to get married. It's not that she didn't get. It's not that people didn't come. But she missed the time of her visitation. But I believe that God is a God of a second chance. Amen. Mm. Last three. How do you deal with situations of people... Who make you hardened? You see, we like shifting the blame. Pharaoh could have said, it's Moses who's making me hardened. As he has come with all these problems. He's making always own up to what is your portion. And own up to what is wrong with us. It helps us to receive help from God. So don't say people are making you hardened. If that is the case, then we'll all say, they make us unforgiving. They make us bitter. They make us bad. Your response determines who you are going to be. Not what people do, but your response to what people do. is what brings the power over your life. And why should somebody rule your life? So don't let people and situations harden your heart. Decide that, God, help me. I'm going to develop a sweet spirit always. And I'll go by God's word which says, love never fails. Even when you look like a fool, remember that God says, love never fails. Fails. Lady Reverend, something I feel like giving it out because I'm dating a man of God. By any small thing, he will shout at me, whether in public or not. Please help me. I'm confused. The man of God probably has a high place of hunger anger that has not been taken down. The Bible says every high priest given from among men is taken from men. Every high priest. Given from among, it's taken from men, not from angels. It's taken from men, not from sinless people. So every high priest is also a man, and if he's shouted at you in public and in private, times thousand, I bet you, it will happen in the pulpit. So watch out. Finally, and oh how glad I'm, I am that it's the final one. I'm um, in the in a divorce case. And the man has married so what should I do Mm. I think we should read this verse in closing 1st Corinthians chapter 7 I don't have my own mind to preach so I always have to resort to God's word I don't have a mind but God's word gives us the answers. Verse 15. But if the unbelieving departs, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases. But God has called us to peace. Amen. I don't know if you understand the context. Okay, let's read from verse 12 Then I'll sit down. But to the rest speak I, not the Lord. If any brother has a wife, that believeth not. And she be pleased, that's the unbeliever, be pleased to dwell with him. Let him not put her away. And the woman who has a husband that believes not. And if he is pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Elsewhere your children unclean but now are they holy. But if the unbelieving person or spouse departs, let him depart. A brother or sister is not bound or under bondage in such cases. Does that answer the question? You are staying with the person. You haven't said you are going. The person says, I'm going. When he goes, you are not bound and you are not under any bondage. God bless you.